But then a crazy angel visitation occurred. An angel named Gabriel who said he stands in the presence of God. He came to Mary and he told her that she was going to be pregnant with God's kid. God looked down from heaven, Mary. He thinks you're the favored one. (laughs) This was front page scandal in the making. See, a pregnant, unwed, but betrothed teenager and Mary's fiance, Joseph, had kingly lineage. By law, Joseph could have had Mary killed. But the same angel, Gabriel, he visits Joseph, and this time in a dream. Gabriel tells Joseph to go through with the wedding. Gabriel tells Joseph that this is going to be God's son, Emmanuel, God with humanity. Angel Gabriel tells Joseph that what is happening with his bride-to-be is the fulfillment of ancient prophecy. Talk about crazy. Now, if you fast forward in the story, past the early stages of morning sickness, past the initial baby bump, past the discomfort of the third trimester, you get Joseph and Mary, they ended up being forced to take a last-minute trip to Bethlehem where Joseph and Mary's ancestors were from, they had to go and register. It was required by the Roman emperor. It was a census. You know, perhaps it was for future voting reasons. Maybe there was a school levy about to get on the ballot. You know, perhaps the guy in Bethlehem's Oval Office just wanted to be a a little bit mean and make people travel when the lines at the airports are the longest and it's the hardest to get a rental donkey. Whatever the reason for the census was, Joseph and Mary, a very, very pregnant Mary, they had to go. And it was on this trip to Bethlehem that the God child growing in Mary decided to arrive. All this taking place in a little town called Bethlehem. I think we know a song that has something like that in it. Won't you join us? Born in us today. 
That's a great song, but there was a problem in this little town called Bethlehem. When Joseph and Mary arrived, all the hotels were booked. They had forgotten to make their reservations before they left. They hadn't had time to get on their phones and go to Expedia.com. Now Mary was, was breathing heavy, and there was no place to stay. No single rooms, no honeymoon suites, no best high-end room in, the, in town. Doors were knocked on. Joseph begged, and his pleas were met with cold shoulders, and I'm sorry, buddy, call next time before you arrive. Now, what were they going to do? Well, finally, finally Joseph was told about a place where the two of them, almost three, could go. You know, it wasn't much. Honestly, we don't even know if it was a barn, a stable, or just the back room off of somebody's house where the family animals were kept overnight. But what we do know is that after this not-in-a-hospital birthing adventure took place, after the baby's first breaths were taken, Jesus was laid in a manger. There's a song we know about this one, too. Away in a manger, no crib for a bed, the Jesus laid down his sweet head. The stars in the sky looked down where he lay. The little Lord Jesus asleep on the hay. The catch the first line in that song or an early line where it said no crying he makes have you ever been to the birthing floor of a hospital I'm not so sure that's accurate some of those babies can scream you know at least the baby Jesus was born he was healthy 10 fingers 10 toes they didn't take the standard APGAR test to get the baby's numbers back then so as long as he was crying things were good You know, I guess it didn't even matter that he wasn't wrapped in the standard white hospital blanket with red and blue stripes on it. 
Moms know which blankets I'm talking about, right? Dads don't have a clue. I guess it didn't matter that when Mary picked up this newborn baby boy, whom they did name Jesus, it didn't matter that when she picked him up to kiss him on the cheek, she had to brush away from some straw from the manger. You know, it may not have been the start to their marriage that Joseph and Mary had dreamt of, but Jesus' miraculous birth story, his arrival on the scene, was the answer to years and years and years of the Israelite people crying out to God to come again and visit his people. Jesus was the answer to the choir of voices who had sang out over the past 400 plus years of divine silence. He was the fulfillment of the people crying out, Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. Come visit us. Come and save us. You recognize these words? Sounds like another song that we may know. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel, then mourns in lowly exile here, until the Son of God appear. Rejoice, rejoice. If you thought the beginning of the story was a bit far-fetched, with an angel visitor, an engaged teenage girl, the child of God, imagine how the story continues. You know, today in, in 2017, when a baby is born, you put the pictures up on Facebook. You take a Twitter shot and you broadcast the picture all over to all 857 of your followers. Right? The baby's born at 735, and by 739, it's got 136 likes. Well, back in our story, 
Nearly 2,000 years ago, the birth announcement was made in a slightly different way. See, there was no cell phone call back home to tell the in-laws about their newest grandchild. There was no text messages exchanged with the future aunts or uncles. There was none of that, but there was a we interrupt your regularly scheduled shepherding moment to bring you this urgent announcement on the hills outside of Bethlehem. It came upon the midnight clear that glorious song of old from angels bending near the earth to touch their hearts of gold. Peace on the earth, goodwill to men from heaven's all gracious King. The world can solve still this slain to hear the angels sing. Still through the clothing skies, they come with peaceful wings unfurled. And still their heavenly music floats over all the weary world. Above inside and lowly plains, they bend on hovering wings. And ever o'er its Bible sounds, the blessed angels sing. For lo, the days are hastening on by prophet bonds foretold. When with the ever circling years comes round the age of gold, when peace shall over all the earth its ancient splendors ring. And the You guys are getting the picture, right? You're following the story? Perhaps the first verse of another song will help us fully immerse ourselves in what you're hearing. Let's sing just the first verse of this next song together. Angels we have heard on high Sweetly singing o'er the plains And the mountains in reply Echoing their joyous strings You know, those shepherds were on the plains outside of Bethlehem and on the hills that we just sang about. And those shepherds who received the first Instagram, maybe we'll call it an angelgram, they hurried into town to look for that bright, glowing angel choir information, what they had been told about. And they found the baby and celebrated and celebrated and celebrated. You know, of all people, the shepherds. But I guess it was probably good to have them come and visit. You know, Joseph and Mary's best friends couldn't make it, so why not have visitors 
who would feel welcome and comfortable in a barn. Shepherds were the perfect guests. And when those shepherds left, they told everyone they possibly could about what they had seen. And I bet had they had cell phones, they would have been taking selfies and hashtagging, wow, what a night, all over those hills of Bethlehem. Those shepherds were singing, and we'll just continue with them. Shepherds, why this jubilee? Why your joyous dreams prolong? See what may the tidings be, which inspire your heavenly song. Glory in excelsis Deo. that must have been. And what a whirlwind it must have been for those new parents in those early days. I mean, late night feedings, diaper explosions, new noises and smells and feels all around. There were probably tears of joy, tears of exhaustion, tears of confusion as Joseph and Mary figured out parenting for the first time. You know, when you think through the ups and downs of those first days of being a mommy and a daddy, and you add into the mix more strange and head-scratching encounters with other people, I bet it was a whirlwind in those first few days with Jesus. You know, when Joseph and Mary took Jesus to the temple at eight days old, there was two people in the temple that stopped and talked with them. (laughs) You guys know how it is. You bring the kid to church for the first time, and everyone wants to bend over and touch him. Everyone wants to make faces at the kid to get him to smile, and everyone wants to get a a little bit too close for new mom's comfort. I wonder if Mary and Joseph cared about any of that. Both of the older people in the temple, an old man named Simeon and an older woman named Anna, they spoke prophetically. 
Both spoke of Jesus bringing salvation to the world, of God revealing himself to the nations, and of how this baby was the one to come and bring rescue. They both sang out, being visible reminders of the joy that was bursting forth from their hearts, a joy that would eventually be shared with the rest of the world, a joy that we now sing about. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room. And heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven, heaven, nature sing. Joy to the earth, the Savior reigns, that men their songs employ. What fields and floods, rocks, hills and plains. Repeat the sounding joy, repeat the sounding joy, repeat, repeat the sounding joy. No more let sin and sorrows go, no thorns infest the crowns. It comes to make the kissings flow. Far as the curse is found, far as the curse is found, far as, far as the curse is found. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love. And wonders of his love, and wonders, wonders of his love. It's interesting that the last verse of that song speaks about wonders. Because I wonder what it would have been like for Mary and Joseph to raise Jesus. I wonder if the two parents had any idea who they were really raising. I wonder if they had any clue what would take place in the years to come for this beautiful little baby boy. You know, there's a song that we won't sing tonight, but I know it's a favorite of a few of yours. First two verses seem to wonder how much Mary really knew. It says, Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new, that this child you've delivered will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would give sight to a blind man? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would calm a storm with his hand? Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? And when you kiss your little baby, you kiss the face of God. I wonder how much of that she really knew. And I wonder... If a random visit a few years later, a visit from some wise men, some kingly men, I wonder if that made Mary and Joseph scratch their heads in confusion. Perhaps they just looked at each other with awe and amazement. Or did they take it all in stride, knowing that God was beginning a story that would change the course of human history forever and ever? 
And I wonder if we ever scratch our head at this story. Do we ever realize that the songs we sing along with in the month of December, the story of a baby Jesus in a manger, do we ever hear it and are we led into awe and amazement? You know, a baby born so many years ago, yet one who elicits songwriters centuries upon centuries later to pen lines like this. How silently, how silently the wondrous gift is given. So God imparts to human hearts the blessings of his heaven. No ear may hear his coming, but in this world of sin, where meek souls will receive him still, the dear Christ enters in. Another song says, No more let sin and sorrows grow, nor sins nor, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. God himself entering into humanity in order that sin may be conquered and a return to relationship with the creator could, can, and will occur. When we sing these songs in December, do we think forward about a day when the wood Jesus is laid on is no longer a manger, but the wood of a cross? Or are we jumping too far ahead in the story tonight? Are we going to the next chapters before we're ready? We all like a good story, don't we? Even if it's one we have heard over and over again, those are sometimes the best ones. Grandpa and grandma sitting on their lazy boy chair, their cup of coffee in hand, the rest of us gathered around with cookies, maybe a little cocoa ourselves and listening. Doesn't matter how many times we heard the story. It's a favorite moment for us each year much like tonight. We have heard an age-old story and sung songs that have been for hundreds of years, songs we know and love, and a story that we know and love. And yet it wouldn't feel like a Christmas Eve service if we didn't finish with the song Silent Night. You know, as I alluded to a little bit earlier, I'm not so sure the night would have been silent. But I would bet that when Mary and Joseph looked at the sleeping baby Jesus that they experienced a little bit of the heavenly peace that we'll sing about. We're going to stand for this last song, and hopefully you all got candles when you came in. I've got a couple of people who are going to come in and light their candles from the front, and then they're going to go down the aisles and light the people on the side, and we'll pass this light, and it'll remind us of the, of the last verse, or one of the verses in this song that speaks of love's pure light. Won't you enjoy both the symbolism of the light as well as the uh, literal light that we'll see as we look around. So as we stand, we'll sing all four verses of Silent Night and perhaps the last one twice if we remember. Silence nights Sleep. 
Just take take a second and look around. I always like this part where it's a little bit darker and you see the light shining that reminds us of the light of Christ. Tim and Abby, thank you so much for leading us in song tonight. Christy, thank you for keeping the words going and the pictures that helped evoke emotion. Uh, to the team who helped you feel welcome on the way in, we thank you. And uh, for all of you who have come to take part in the story that is told tonight, we thank you for allowing us to spend a little time with you. I want to close in prayer. Feel free to keep your eyes open, um, especially if you've got littles with a flame. <laughs> Let's pray. Lord God, we do thank you so much that you are love's pure light. We thank you that you continue to write the story that you began so many years ago. We thank you that you stepped into humanity in the person of Jesus Christ, became one of us so that we could find the light and the life that you offer. God, I pray that tonight and tomorrow Christ would be reborn in each of us and that the light that he brings would radiate through us to other people. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed the story tonight, and I hope and pray that it goes beyond just being a good narrative, but it becomes a story that shapes your entire life. Let's have a wonderful night and Merry Christmas.